Welcome to episode 55 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright, guys, so welcome along to episode 55 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Good. It's the birthday special. <laughs> the birthday special. It's exciting times because this time a year ago... We were sitting here going, welcome to episode one of Iron mm-hmm. Man Talk. Did you notice, we've, we've got a special thing at the end of the show today, and we kind of did like a 10 minute piece of some good bits throughout the year with a bit of music. It's pretty exciting to be honest, but yes. did you notice I didn't introduce you as Coach John Newsom? No, you didn't. No. Mm-hmm. And also, high five, we did it really fast back in those days. Did we? Yeah, it's like, we'll do a high five. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, I picked up on some gold. So anyway, um, in today's show, we've got, uh, oh, t- Iron Man Talk is brought to you by? Coffees of Hawaii. Very good. In today's show, we've got a lot to lay, a little bit of news, uh, some races coming up and some interesting kind of stuff. Topic of the week, we'll get into later on, age grouper of the week. We've got high five, we're going to do the high five for our highlights of the year and also a few kind of lowlights that happened to John and I throughout the year. Uh, website of the week. Uh, we've got a really cool website, which we'll go into later on. Coach's Corner. We're going to talk about the swim flume, which I went to last week down in Dunedin, and also just a little bit on the importance, importance of patience when you're being an athlete and having a bit of a long-term look Ooh. at things, and we've got some, some data to back that up. Oh, nice, nice. Like the John, John Newsom three-year plan. That's right. That's right. Now, questions and answer, and if we get a bit of time, we're going to do the review on Striding On uh, DVD that got sent to us last week. So... Um, so anyway, so we thought we'd actually start this week's show off because it is the year show and we kind of thought maybe one thing we get when we go out and kind of meet you guys in public is that we get um, a lot of people asking, how did it all start? What mm. actually happened? Bevan said to me, got this great idea. I got this great, I've been thinking. We should do this podcast thing. And, I, <laughs> and John goes, what's a podcast? What the hell's a podcast? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen really. I, I guess one of my big reservations when we started it was whether we were going to have enough content, you know, just yeah. going... Week in, week out, I thought, you know, maybe if you did a monthly show, it'd be sweet. But um, we were, we've still got plenty of content to come. And it's crazy, because when I first started, so I, basically the idea came to me, because I listened to a lot of other podcasts when I was training, and it's a, a few like Twit, which is a technical one, Indignation. And I really enjoyed them, and I kind of thought, I got my new Apple computer, and and that was the turning point in my life, to be honest. And uh, I got my new computer, and I realized that all the programs they had made it able for me to be able to do this stuff. And I kind of thought, well, John John knows his stuff, and I can talk some crap. <laughs> and uh, maybe I should talk to John about it. So I approached John, yeah. and uh, we didn't really know, again, we didn't really know what was happening. Eh? No. We basically kind of nutted through the first couple of weeks, and, uh, and we didn't really have an idea of what was going to happen. And we're going to talk about our highlights later on, but it was really just that. It wasn't, there was nothing really complicated about yeah. it. Eh? And kind of put together a website and got together and... And it's funny, the content thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've still got, like I said, I've still got lots of topics I want to cover, but I think, you know, there's enough going on in the world now, you know, with races that we can talk about that. And, uh, you know, obviously people sending in questions is great. And, yeah, so I think we've got plenty of things to come. We're not going anywhere in a hurry. We're going to have 20 years left in us, I tell you. But I think one of the key things is just getting onto it early. And I think what a lot of the listeners like is the fact that we bring this show out every week, which there's lots of other podcasts out there that maybe really just focus on coaching and and they're good if, if you're after that. But we like to keep it you know, pretty light-hearted and a bit of a balance on everything. Well, we have done a well in that front because we've released the show every let's, week. Let's just wow. we, we, pat ourselves on the back We are there. pretty bloody awesome. <laughs> because we have, we've released the show every week and, uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of work. I think one thing you guys may know what happens behind the scenes is basically John, 
on a Monday night will send me through the show notes and uh, he puts a lot of time into finding out the show notes so I kind of when we first started I used to do a bit of that now I do none love it yeah. and then uh, we come down on a Tuesday and we normally do that after a training ride uh, we spend a couple of hours recording the podcast from there I get on then I basically do all the behind the scenes work for the audio stuff and make the website we put it up there for the week and, and that's pretty much how the show goes each week isn't it the questions start firing in yeah lots of emails uh, it's got to the point where I'm nearly spending an hour a day replying to emails, which is <laughs> which is pretty crazy. The pod, pod, podcast for me is probably about eight hours a week a week. It'll probably yeah. be about five to six for you, eh? Yeah. So, um, but well, but we're not complaining. We love it, and it's uh, it's great to see that it's grown so much, and you've really supported it. So, uh, that was kind of our quick look back. We've got a couple of other things coming on throughout the show, but first of all, news for the week. What's coming up in races? Ironman Arizona. Ironman Arizona. So first real sort of northern hemisphere race of the year, really. I mean, in terms yep. of the Ironman side of things. So it's I think it must be third year Arizona's running. In terms of the course, I, I'm not sure if they've changed it again this year, but it's a, it's pretty much a flat course. And last year, is it a fast race? It is reasonably fast. Yep. It's not like an eight hour course, but it's I think it's a, a low, a, a low, you know, one yep. of the lower eight hour courses. So last year, I think we had Michael Lovato winning, I think, yep. and he's the top seed for this year. Looking at the rest of the field, I actually thought it would be a lot stronger field than what it is. Uh, it's kind of kind of strong, but not top-level strong, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. When we looked at some of the earlier races this season, they've, they've really had some stellar athletes. So the top seed is Michael Lovato, then we've got second seed is Tim DeBoone, so it would be really interesting to see how he backs up. hasn't really performed for, for some time now. Well, remember there was all the talk before he went into Hawaii, how he was really, really strong, and he got injured, obviously, but yeah. so we'll be able to see, I suppose. See how he goes. We've got Sven Sunderberg. I'm not actually sure where he's from. He's from Czechoslovakia, by the look Ooh, of it. Nice. Uh, he's the third seed, fourth seed is Sergio Marques or Marquez. Now, he's done pretty well over the last few years. And where is he from? PRT. I wonder if that's Puerto Rico or Portugal. Nice. Not sure. And then who else we got? Rhodesy's in at five. Rhodesy's in there at five. The old glove man. Yeah. (laughs) Petra Vabusic. That must be about Ironman number six this year. It'll be at least number four or five. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Rudkabiki. Uh, always but, interesting to see like he, But he's consistent too, isn't he? Uh, he'll, get, he'll get fifth or sixth, guarantee it. Yeah. Guarantee it. And wow. then uh, Abel Torsten, he hasn't actually been seated, but he's a top athlete from uh, Germany. And a few other. Lothar Leader, he hasn't done anything for a few years. Uh, Ain Ala Johansson, who was yep. the winner of Ironman New Zealand, but punctured this year, got a double puncher. Yep. So he'll be a force on got the Got a bit bike. of a mullet too, like me. He yeah, has, actually. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this race pans out. James Bond. What do you, what do you think is going to take it? Who do you think is going to get there? Well, I don't really know a great deal. I'd imagine you put your money on Michael Lovato, but I'd yep. like to see Tim DeBoon come back and be a real force in Kona this year, just try, just try to mix things up. And also Rudd Kabiki, he's done exceptionally well at Kona. Um, I'd like do to you think Tim DeBoon could come back for Kona? Yeah, I think so. You think he's, he's still got it in still, uh, him? He's still a relatively young man, isn't he? How old 36. Is he? 36. Well. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. So that's that's a look at the blokes. On the chick side of things, we've got Hilary Biscay, like Pete, is doing like a 20th race for the year. Yeah. We've got to get her back on the show. That girl's just unbelievable. <laughs> and again, I guarantee you she'll get about um, fifth or something yep. like that. Yeah. It's not a very strong female field. What, they've probably got 10 girls? Um, yeah, maybe 12, 13. Yeah. Yep. So who have we got in there? We've got uh, Joanna Zyger, obviously an amazing swimmer. Yep. Uh, so I think she may have... 
won or got second last year, so she's going to be uh, riding contention here the Golnick's racing. Oh, see, she's she, got a normal job as well. Researcher, mm. yeah. Yeah. We could call ourselves researchers. Well, we are. Exactly, that's right. Yep. <laughs> um, so, Heather uh, Golnick, she got, did she get second or third at Ironman New Zealand? Uh, I think she got second. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Elizabeth Christensen, she's, I thought she raced Ironman. Oh, no, Golnick was the runner, wasn't she? She got third. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Um, well, they don't quite don't put any money on there. <laughs> <laughs> and not too many else, really. Uh, Jess... Peterson from the UK, she's a pretty strong runner. She expect her to come through. She's an animal rescue and advocacy person. Wow. There you go. And that's about it, really, for the girls, so I think. So not a huge field, but I guarantee you will see uh, Joanna Zyger definitely leading the girls, and if not leading the whole field out coming out of this one. Yeah. Well, Hillary's pretty strong in the water. Yeah, Joanna Zyger's much stronger. Oh, really? Yeah. I can see her easy Yep, so um, that's Ironman Arizona. Good luck to all you guys uh, going out there to race this weekend. Hope the training's going well. Remember our tips, so I'm not getting too carried away this week. Just put your feet up, yep. chill out, do a few short training sessions. Don't go and try and set any world records for, for a one-kilometre split. And, yep. uh, and just pace yourself through the day, get that nutrition in. Keep your top on when you train during <laughs> that week. Yep. Hey. No undies running. No undies running. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's not much on the news front this week, but John was actually on cyclingnews.com and he found a, an interesting piece of kind of news oh, about Tour de France. Wicked. The, the, wicked. 2009, the prologue for the Tour de France, if those of you who don't know what a prologue is, it's the first stage, which is usually, <laughs> it is an individual time trial and it varies from, say, about four kilometres, maybe up to a maximum about maybe 15. But and the whole point is to give rankings, isn't it? Exactly. Yep. And just do a nice little uh, nice little show for everybody. In 2009, it's going to Dubai, and it's going to be held inside the sh- a shopping mall, which I think might be one of the biggest shopping malls in the world. And so it's going to go through the middle of the shopping mall, and at the end of the shopping mall, they've got an indoor ski a ski field or indoor ski slope, and it's going to climb up there. I think it's going to be a 600-meter climb. They're going to sort of zigzag their way up, and then you finish at the top. So I just think this is going to be amazing. It's going to be 4.8 k's, I think it is. And, yeah, it'll uh, be really awesome, eh? Uh, imagine the crowds going ballistic in a shopping mall. The noise would just be Yeah, huge. yeah, wouldn't they? Apparently in the same shopping mall, they held a... Yeah, grip on the floor. I'm sure they put something. Yeah, something they have to, won't they? Down. Yeah. I think they held a tennis match in there um, recently. They put an indoor temporary tennis court in the middle of the mall and held some exhibition matches and things like that. So it's really taking, take, being a bit innovative and taking it to a new level. I mean, it is a Tour de France and they're going to Dubai. Yeah. Not really quite France, but they're trying to, to so, globalise. But there's that money in Dubai, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're making some money by being in that mall. Yeah. Um, so a few years ago, they actually held some indoor triathlons as well in France. It was actually quite a few years ago and they put a purpose-built just a swimming pool plonked inside a cycling track and you swam and then you biked around the velodrome and then you ran around the velodrome and it was fantastic stuff it was uh and did it work yeah it worked really well um it's a shame it didn't sort of carry on well that's the problem with triathlon as a sport is it's not very spectator friendly is it mm. and uh to do something like that be a bit oh. innovative with it yeah brilliant yeah. obviously very hard to do with what Ironman side of things. I mean, we don't want to do 180k around a velodrome, but for the short course stuff, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And then my final piece of news, again, it's not especially triathlon related. We're but struggling with triathlon news, aren't we? It's Easter. Not it's Easter, that's right. Everybody's just sitting It's a mix. I haven't had many eggs. I cooked, oh. I cooked some hot cross buns yesterday, though. Did you? Love hot cross buns. I put sugar in, though. You put sugar on your hot cross buns? I forgot to put the sugar in, so they were... Well, you put sugar on them? No, when you make them. I made my own hot cross oh, buns. You, oh, no, you forgot to put sugar forgot, in. They still take... They were hot cross bread, basically. How'd your cross go? Oh, we didn't have the cross. What's so that hot cross bun? It's a bun. It's a bun, then. <laughs> you cooked some buns. I cooked some buns. Okay. Why did you put the cross on? Well, you could have a special little thingy for that, and we didn't have one of them. Oh, it's disappointing. Okay, so this was out of this morning's newspaper. Oh. 
It's a marathon swim. Slovenian Martin Strel completed swimming the entire 5,265 kilometres of the Amazon River yesterday, a 65-day odyssey in which he battled exhaustion and delirium while trying to avoid flesh-eating piranhas <laughs> and the dreaded blood-sucking toothpick fish. I think that actually swims up your, your what's it. Oh, really? <laughs> what, which one? <laughs> I think, yeah, your tackle. Oh, really? And averaging about <sighs> 80 kilometres a day, he started stroking in the Amazon Peruvian headwaters on February the 1st. Strill refueled his goal near the city of Bellum. Fulfilled his goal. Fulfilled his goal, uh, 2,440 kilometres north of Rio de Janeiro. Well, wow, that's unbelievable, isn't it? The first man ever to swim the Amazon River. That's pretty impressive. So, I, mean, 80, I mean, 80 k's a day is a bloody long way. He probably would have had a pretty strong yeah. current behind him, but still he must have been in the water an awful long time, uh, 65 days in concession. So, Well, Kieran, you know Kieran, he, he swam the, the English Channel. Yeah. And uh, he said he was just, his arms were ruined for days. Oh, yeah. Imagine this guy. Yeah. So, awesome effort. Yeah, that's sensational. So anyway, that's pretty much our news for the week. So our discussion for the week, um, we had... Our discussion was, what is the hardest Ironman race? And it had to be a WTC race. Yeah. And uh, we've got a few answers on that, and I'm just pulling them up right now. And uh, we did get a few comments from from email people saying, wow, we should have had other than WTC, but we'll do that maybe this week. Yeah. So you can go first. Uh, Neil, the other Neil, so it's not Neil Skulls. Uh, I like the other Neil. I like the way <laughs> you put the other Neil. He reckons Ironman Canada. He said, Rick to, Rick to pass demands respect. On the other hand, Malaysia is hot. France is hilly. Lanzarote is hilly. New Zealanders' favourite is a bit hilly. Can be hot. Can be really windy. Actually, maybe this is a silly question, but there's no easy Iron Man. Well, that's true. Yeah. It's easier. Yeah. <laughs> um, John's saying any race is hard in tough conditions. That, that's not me. That's somebody oh, else. that's the other. That's the other John. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> nice, nice. Germany and Frankfurt. Um, one of the fastest, i.e., easiest courses was extremely hard in 2006 because it was a non-wetsuit swim. So yeah, so sometimes the conditions uh, create a hard race. Um, the first time most of the bike was held in temperatures up to 35 to 40 degrees Celsius. Mm. Whoa, that's hot, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Malaysia. He's saying, as one would look at it, which races are the hardest to fill? And he's saying France, UK, Lanzarote, Malaysia, and New Zealand. Mm. Which I don't know if it's necessarily because it's the hardest race. Yeah, it's a good point. Mm, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe okay. it is. Uh, listeners are thinkers. Yes, they are. Uh, Scott. He's yep. a bit biased because he uh, thinks Ironman Wisconsin is up there for being very, very tough. It's tough, challenging. It's in September in Wisconsin. It's unpredictable weather-wise. In the five years of the race, it's been incredibly hot and humid three of the years. Fair enough. Old Phil's came in and he's saying, old, I am Lanzagrotti. Lanzagrotti. That's sensational. It's windy, it's hilly, and it's as hot as hell. Mm. Uh, it reduces one of my mates to tears last year. Soft. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> and if you're going from England, you have to put up for light a flight full of English chaves. That means going on their holes. Um, we also talk about Nooseman, but we're not going to talk about that because it's not WTC. Exactly. As much as it's an animal race. Yep. And next one was actually Delboy. He's talking about the UK 70.3, so that's not an Ironman. But it's oh. tough. <laughs> so you're not giving it to him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but he says that it's a tough course. I mean, we know both the, the UK courses are quite undulating. They're 70.3 and Ironman. So, you know, constant undula- undulations is often... Sometimes a little bit harder than just having you know, one big climb in the course. Yeah, yeah. Because you just don't get it's any It's never time. ending, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Old Fegan, who's actually doing an epic training, he sent me through a link to a place that he's nice. doing epic training. He's doing this big crazy race with the net. Um, he's doing Lanza this year. Lanza Grotty. 
And uh, he reckons that he thought it would be the hardest WTC race in the world, so that's the reason he's doing it. Uh, the wind and the fact that you've got to train through winter from the UK. So as I say, Malaysia sounds pretty damn hard because of the humidity, and uh, the UK is not very easy because of the run isn't flat. So, right, yeah, quite yeah. a bit of elevation there. Nice. Um, Uli, uh, Uli's got quite a bit of experience, so we'll respect that. Nice. He says here he thinks uh, WTC hardest race is Lanzarote. He says yep. Embram's the hardest non-WTC. Yep. Um, he says the winds and the heat, uh, not humidity, uh, Kona-like in Lanzarote, but there's also the hills. Usually have headwinds. Really? Yeah, a lot of headwinds. From 20k to 120k. And he said in 1997, a bit like when you were at Kona, they had headwinds basically the whole way. Yeah, I broke my heart. Cool, very good. Um, Chance Barber, and Chance Barber actually is writes a good uh, blog. Um, I'm not actually sure what it is. Maybe it's just chancebarber.com. And if you want to check out, and it's very much about triathlon, so if you guys want to check that out, go on to that. Um, he's saying basically environment-wise, it sounds like Brian Rhodes won Malaysia, which is super hot and humid. And I think that's a really good point. Course-wise, mm-hmm. maybe um, Lake Placid and Nice, very mm-hmm. hilly. Yeah. yeah. And then Christian, Phil's mate from Farnham, UK. I like the way he did that. Yeah? Yeah, because, you know, it's the connection. Gosh. You know, we're okay. all connecting. It's just all one big family. Uh, he says, all Iron Man's tough. He did his first one in New Zealand this year, and it was a great day. He reckons Lanzarote's pretty tough. Yep. And... Yep, you've, you've read into his first yeah. seven, yeah. Yep, yeah. that was good. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> you did your work, didn't you? You did your peas on that one. And that's it. Oh, very good. So, um, what do you reckon? Well, I, I mean, I think, I reckon Malaysia, to be honest. I think Malaysia is, just that heat there is uh, pretty oppressive. You see the DNF rates massive over yeah. there. Yeah. So I think Malaysia's got to be right up there Yeah. Um, for me. I think you can, you can get, um, you know, the really hilly courses, uh, I think you can slow down a little bit on the hills, but yeah. you, can't, you can't do anything about the heat. No. Um, and I, it just saps it from your body, doesn't it? Yeah, and I guess Lanzarote in that regard as well. You know, there's nothing you can do about the wind. You know, you've just got to get into it. So. No. So I'd probably say uh, Malaysia and then um, Lanzarote, a very close second. Yeah. Haven't done either of them. That's just sort of talking from talking to other people. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm pretty much the same. Um, so there you go. This week's discussion, well, how about we do... Joel, the guy who sent me through the video. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's came up for the discussion for this week, and we actually got a few suggestions for discussions this week from you guys, so that's great. Um, if you want to send through more, that's really cool because it makes it easier for us to, yeah. <laughs> to do our job. Yeah. Um, so he's basically saying... What are the fuels or your favourite fuel when you drink or at your drink and fuel during the race, and uh, why are they? Why do you like those fuels and what's so good about them? Mm. Mm, because we all do get our favourites, don't we? What's your favourite, Bevan? Mine's high five. What's mine? What's yours, John? Pro Four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but so, there we go. <laughs> but, but, but do you have favourites? And it may just be different drinks and different. You know, what 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 do you use during a race and. Because you do find over time you do get your products you like, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, we'll talk about that next week. So, your favourite things that you. Are we just doing drink or are we doing eating and drinking? I think nutrition. Nutrition. Nutrition supplements for the day. Yeah. Anything. So, it can be. Um, it doesn't, doesn't have to be supplements. Just what you eat and drink on the bike. But it can be supplements as well. It can be supplements as well. It can be anything you put in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't, don't start bringing the. Sh- the, the it's a birthday special. It's news for the down. week. It's the news for the week. There we go. News for the week. Website of the week. So we did go a lot faster earlier on. We did. Yeah, we didn't hold it. We didn't hold it. I think. Okay. Yeah, it was different. 
So you, you guys will hear that in the end of the show. So we know uh, this week's website has been sent through to us by David Craig. David Craig, not Craig David. Not Craig David. David Craig. David Craig. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because last week one of the items we had for a question was where are the easier races to qualify if there is such a thing. This is a sensational website. It's, uh, somebody has gone. Who is this guy is a, is, thinks way too much. Neil Hammond has gone to a lot of trouble to, to come up with the Hammond qualification, qualification coefficient. Coefficient. So the, the website is neilhammond.com. We haven't actually been to that page. Yep. We'll put a link up on our site. www.ironmantalk.com And uh, basically Neil's relatively new to triathlon um, but he really wants to get to Kona he's been in the sport a couple of years and yep. so he wanted to figure out if there was an easier way to qualify so and Neil is a numbers man he must be a statistician because this is pretty full on yep. so the first thing he's gone through and done is he's actually worked out the um, the elite reference the, the, times the, the elite reference times which is the average time for the top five people uh, in each of the Ironman races he hasn't done all the Ironman races around the world but he's done uh, well he has done all of them but not for every single year yeah some go back as far as five years and some are only two or three years yeah so he's done that for the first thing That's so thing. for example Japan uh, the average time is 9.03 mm-hmm. which is pretty slow and then you look at a place like Austria where it's 8.19 hmm and, uh, and then you've got a, a range of times in between New that. Zealand is at 8.30 8.38 yep so that's the first thing he did so this is part of his big uh, big What's, why is Japan so slow? I'm not quite sure. Maybe he's going to draw the field. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's probably it. It's a weak top five. Yep. And then he's put in the Hammond qualification coefficient. Yep. Um, which I'm a bit confused about. It's sensational. This guy's a legend. And he's got all the percentages in there, and that's really what what helps you sort of figure out the easier races versus the uh, the not so easier races. And then he's got the roll down factor. You know, how many people are actually taking up slots? How far? So, for example, in Austria, only 36 people take the slots. Mm. Whereas in somewhere like Coeur d'Alene, uh, you've got up, or Wisconsin, up to 79. Mm. Oh, wow. If you go to Florida, 94% take their slots. Mm. And then he's got uh, selecting the races, and he's got the different races with the different slots. You know, for, so, for example, Germany um, is a hard race to qualify at. Well, we, we thought so. Yeah, yeah. But there's actually 120 slots. Yeah, which um, makes it easier overall. Whereas when you look at Western Australia, there's only 30 slots. And that's probably one of the themes that I think I only skim read this that he really points out is the races that have the bigger numbers of people, you've got more sort of reliability. If yeah. you turned up at Western Australia and you're in fantastic form, if you looked at all the averages for the past few years, if two decent guys turn up, there's probably only two slots. And yeah. You might do a really good time, and it's just... It's Whereas in a place like New Zealand, when you've got over 80 slots, yeah. it's going to be more reliable to be consistent for that time to qualify, so you know that if you do your time... Exactly. exactly. So, um, and then he's just got a whole lot of information there, so if you are really into stats and figuring out things... He's and he's even out. enhancing this. Yeah, and he's got it for different age groupers, at d- different races and so on, so it's, uh, it's pretty full-on stuff. I think the overall theme is this this sort of stuff can help and, and maybe you figure out where it's slightly easier to qualify, but it can p- completely backfire on you. Yeah, it's, um, it's not a guaranteed thing, no. is it? No. So, so David Craig, who actually sent in the website this year, he's qualified for, for Hawaii at New Zealand yep. this year, but he worked out the average times for the last four or five years in his age group at New Zealand, yep. and he sort of said to, to be, a, I think it was to be, Normally to qualify, he'd have to do about a 10.30. Yep. Um, if he wanted to sort of guarantee a spot, he'd have to go, say, a 10.20. Yep. This year, he went 9.59, and I think he got the last slot. So, you know what was, we're going to do for discussion of the week next week? What's that? Would you travel to qualify? Okay. Yeah. Mm. Because would you? Uh, no. You wouldn't? Probably not. No. But, but you've been. Yeah. 
Is this why it's not that important to you? Yeah, if if it was really important to me, I probably would. Yeah, I probably yeah. would too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really interesting stuff. So thanks, David, for sending it in. And uh, yeah, yeah. That, and thanks, Neil, because it's, it's sensational. Yeah, so neilhammond dot com, and we'll put the full link through to the actual yeah, page on yeah. on uh, Iron Man Talk. And while you're there, remember to click on one of those apps. That may be the other Neil. It could be. <laughs> it may be the other nil. So, <laughs> so there you go. So that's it. So, so, that, is, so that, uh, is that is our website of the week. One, two, three, four. High five. The other thing was, was that you did it as well. High five the uh, back in those days. I always uh, thought that was your feature. Well, it turned into my feature. But yeah. And where did you get it from? High five the kids program. That's right. Yeah, you'll know soon. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, people are going to know now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, the good news is John's having a kid. So yeah. there you go. So it's very exciting. Uh, 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Mm. Is it really that soon? It's coming around. It's, it's a big quickly. day today, isn't it? It's a big day. We're sharing oh, all sorts sharing of things. Sharing love. Yeah. Oh, you said I love you last week, didn't you? The first time. Oh, I love it that you love them. <laughs> anyway, right. so, so what we thought we'd do is we're just looking back on the year and we, we kind of thought, well, what we'll do is we'll just think of our personal top fives and maybe we can just go through them each. We kind of came up with similar things and we kind of thought we'd share a few things that went a little bit wrong, um, maybe on the technical side or whatever, and uh, we can just share with you as well. So let's go through it. Number one. The main thing for us has been uh, the increase in numbers. You know, if you'd said to me, uh, basically, the first year we're going to have more than 100,000 downloads, I would have said, yeah, good one. You know, yeah. We're expecting maybe couple of hundred a week or something but yeah. the fact we have gone well through a hundred thousand downloads in the first year we're pretty stoked with yeah uh, it, to me like i remember when we first started with the idea with john i kind of thought it would be just a few local athletes and 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 instantly right from the start it was like people were picking up on this and what's great about what you've done is that you've really supported us and just gone out there and got more and more people to get us on the show and and it just keeps growing and growing and it's just every week we look at the numbers and they keep growing and it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a real highlight, eh? Millions just around the corner. That's right, bring it on. Mm. Number two? Um... We, we always enjoyed the funny features, and I think a lot of people did. The uh, peeing on the bike was certainly uh, yeah. rated as one of the, the, the highlights. And the pooing. Recently, the runner's trots. A lot of people enjoyed that they, one. They like the runner's trots. I think the thing is as well, is I often wonder when people listen to the show for the first time, because a lot of our jokes have evolved. A lot of, yeah. the, a lot of the things about the show, um, if you just listen to the first time, you probably wouldn't get. Yeah. And uh, But obviously, people seem to be able to pick up on it. But I think the other thing that's quite nice is that about podcasting is that people can go back and listen to old episodes. It's not like radio that once it's on yeah. it's gone whereas you find that people find our show and they go back and they listen to everyone yeah and uh, and so I, I imagine they must pick up on how we've evolved because we've still got people downloading episode one yeah yeah so. and uh which is not that great <laughs> <laughs> wasn't one of the highlights i mean it should be on our low, yeah, low lights no, episode one <laughs> number three um getting advertisers uh I remember John, because Albert knew John, and uh, Albert actually went to John and said, oh, we could be interested in actually getting advertisers for the show, and uh, advertising the show, and I don't know, it just kind of seemed to be a bit more serious, you know, it was kind of mm. like, well, this could be something kind of really big, and and, um, and their support, Coffee of Hawaii have been really supportive, and uh, we look to, you know, grow that, develop that relationship, and actually start to add some more advertising to the show kind of soon, we can have people approaching us, which would be really cool, and uh, yeah, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Number four? Um, I think like the recent interview we did with Peter Reed was fantastic. I think we kind of got a little bit of a different angle. Yep. I know he's done lots of interviews over the year, but um, I like to think he was pretty honest, and, and that's what we try to get with our interviews. Yeah. Is just get a slightly different angle, talking about training a bit more. You know, if we, we, we'll get Mark Allen and Dave Scott on the show at some stage, yeah. but we don't probably don't really want to talk about the '89 race too much. Yeah. We'd much rather delve into a few other things. 
And, and I totally agree because for us, we've always tried to think, well, when we do an interview, let's do it. Let's not ask the questions that everyone knows anyway. You know, mm. everyone's heard Peter Reid talk about certain races. And, and uh, for me with Peter Reid, like, because... I just emailed him out at random, and when he replied, I tell you what, I was just smiling from ear to ear. I was just <laughs> like, whoa, this guy's going to come on the show. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty sensational. And number five is... Uh, all the questions we've been getting. Yeah, and all the support and, and, and feedback that you give us. Um, we just, every week, we get lots and lots of positive emails from people just saying that you're loving the show, and, uh, you know, and just that you appreciate the time we put into it, and... At the end of the day, um, we never get sick of that. Mm. Uh, it's just really nice. And, you know, we do put a lot of time into this and we love it and we're passionate about it and it's really cool. But just by you guys saying, you know, thanks for doing this and we appreciate it, it really makes it all worthwhile. So, yeah. But there were some low lights. There were some low lights. Yeah. And, and I think you guys probably know the first one. The microphone. The, we had a few microphone the issues. microphone issues. <laughs> we had a lot of issues. I remember when we did Scott Molina interview, the first one. Yeah. And uh, John left and I, I heard it and the whole interview had stuffed up on the mics. <laughs> And and I made I made the most of it. I literally probably spent twenty hours trying to sharpen yeah. it up. I managed to make it a little bit better, but oh, I tell you, I was in a world of hurt. It was, it was for some reason we're using two mics, and uh, yeah, one of the mics and, never worked, did it? Yeah, and then you went back and you got another one, and that yeah, didn't work. Yeah. So we're we're still operating on one mic at the moment. Yeah, it seems to um, work okay, but it seems to work <laughs> now. We've got the levelator. The levelator. If you're ever going to podcast, guys, get the levelator. Trust me. Um, yep. The episodes we tried doing over the phone, we, we, we pride ourselves on consistency, and I was away a couple of times, yep. and we had to do them over the phone. I didn't think we really pulled those off very well. Yeah, they're a little bit tougher, aren't they? Mm. Especially because one thing you may notice when we do interviews is sometimes we interrupt the people, and because often when you use Skype, and, and the phone's worse, is that there's often a delay, and so you'll start talking, and then they'll start talking, and you're kind of interrupting each other, but oh well. Yeah, life goes on. Life goes on. One of my gripes was uh, some of the slow results. You know, we'd see, we'd, we'd talk about these races coming up, and and then the Ironman races weren't too bad, but a lot of the other races weren't, don't get their results out in time. So yep. we're in the digital age. We want things on That's time. That's right. When they're finished, it should be up straight away. Exactly. Uh, technical issues overall, again, just little things. Little <laughs> yeah, things. Last week, you may not, may or may not have noticed when we had the inter- interview with Emily, like Bevan was saying, the Skype just kept cutting out yeah. <laughs> quite a few times. Oh, I don't think I noticed. I sharpened it up pretty well, but it took well. me, again, a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, so just little technical issues, but we're getting there. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. There's no low lights, was there? No. No. Just a bit of random body odour in, in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> eating, eating. We, we got tired off eating peanuts, didn't we? Yeah, I didn't like that. We used to always have peanuts and raisins, and we'd be eating them as we were doing the show. Mm. And someone came up to us in Taupo, and I think it was Maura. Maura came up to us in Taupo, and she said, you guys have got to stop eating something on me. <laughs> So we're often hungry now. You know, we're starving, yeah. but it's okay. Wasting away. Um, yeah, so, so there's a high five for this week. Yeah. Product, Product Review Center. Center. Oh, so you went short on me then, didn't I you? Did. Well, yeah. I wasn't quite sure. I didn't, wasn't quite sure what our intro for Product Review Center was. All the same, come on. <laughs> yeah, we just yell down the microphone. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we got sent through a DVD from... from Ellie Dennis in Ellie Wellington. Dennis. Yeah, he's a listener of the show, an avid listener, but he also produces a really good running DVD uh, for Technique, really, isn't it? It is. And it's, it's called? It's called Striding On. Yep. And it's basically, it's, it's a good little thing for working on running drills. So if you're really at a time in your season where you want to change a little bit with your running, you know, if you're in the middle of the season, say, or you've got Ironman Arizona this weekend, it's probably not the best time to start <laughs> working on your running drills. Unless you're going to do it in Yandies. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Um, 
but basically it goes through some, some fairly standard running drills, uh, things like high knees and toe tappers and various different things. But it's quite good that it structures it over sort of a four-week program. And for some people, it might take them a little bit longer than four weeks. You know, you might want to do each each uh, sort of series for for a couple of weeks and then advance yourself on. Um, but it's re- really good to have a visual. You know, if you see pictures and books of running drills and swimming drills and any sorts of drills, they're quite hard to pick up. Yeah, because you don't see the whole movement, do you? You just kind of see a start and a finish. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that it's on a DVD format, you know, a good thing might be to take your, if you've got a laptop, take it out in the field, and then you can actually look at each drill and then sort of implement it and try yeah. it yourself. And a good thing to do would be to get a video camera there as well, and then you can video yourself doing the drill in and comparison. then look at it in comparison. So it's really cool. It works, it works its way over four weeks. Weeks, a number of different drills. It's got a couple of uh, very good runners on there, so you can see what uh, see some good form, and good technique. And it's New Zealand made. We like New Zealand made yeah, stuff. Important support New Zealand by New Zealand. Hey, so why is it good? Why is doing this stuff important? Well, any sort of drills just uh, sort of overemphasizing things that people are often not very good at doing. You know, yeah. so doing doing like a high knees drill, really working on your knee lift. It's definitely something that people start to fall away on when they're getting tired. If you can hold on to your form when you're getting in the back back part of the race, you're going to be able to keep your speed up much, much more easily. So it's really, yeah, about thinking about things like that. Um, your knees, correct body position, good hip height, good push-off, just a lot of things you, you don't often think about too much. And uh, like I said, if you can keep those things going later in the race, um, you're still going to be running efficiently. Um, you're still going to get t- uh, slow down because you're getting tired. But one thing, I, one thing I did wonder, and I'm not sure if this could be, is it applicable for Ironman running? Yeah, this, this DVD. Yeah, because yeah, because you know sometimes you go to the shuffle type run, and yeah. I just wasn't sure. If oh, it was. no, one of the key things that I get my athletes to focus on is when you're in the the like I said, towards the end of the race, is thinking about these things. Not always pushing yourself really, really hard. You obviously want to do that, but actually pushing yourself and thinking about it a bit more, maintaining, uh, maintaining your form, and then you can just keep chugging along. And uh, as soon as you start to lose your form, you just you know really slow yeah down. yeah totally. So it's it's. Great starting point, but like I said, whenever you get any of these things, um, just yeah, clicking that there, mate. seal yeah. it up. Like the Future Dreams CD we've talked about in the past, if you just watch it by itself, it's it's got definitely got some merits, um, but when it becomes really powerful is when you watch it and then you get yourself videoed and seeing um, how you're performing relative to what you're supposed to be doing. So how much does it cost? Did you do it's, on my, on this? it's on my website. If okay, you John get, does sell it on his website. If you want to get a copy of it, uh, you updated your website yet? Dub dub dub. No, it's coming up. <laughs> getting a JPEG in a couple of days. Oh, uh, send it through. I will. Dub 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 nzmtc.com. I've got a little online shopping section there. You can get a copy of it there, and uh, good little resource. I think it's sixty nine dollars. I think. Yeah. I think out of ten, mate. Out of ten, I'd give it a good uh, eight and a half. I reckon. Nice. Yeah, nice. Eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half to nine. It's, it's good. Uh, a few other drills. I mean, I, I know a few other drills I probably would have added on there as well. Um, but I think it's good. Okay, good. One thing is, is that a lot of people don't actually know running technique. Because mm. you run, you know, you, you're a kid, you run. And so a lot of people don't actually know to improve their running technique because they kind of think, well, you run, you run. And so something like this is really good just to give you an understanding of what makes you a more efficient runner and then it gives you the drills to do it. So definitely. Cycling even more so, you know, most people don't think about this cycling technique whatsoever. So. Well, to be honest, that's the area that I'm trying to improve now is because, yeah. like, endurance-wise, I'm, you know, I'm there, and speed-wise, I'm pretty much there, but I definitely want to become more efficient in all my movements and all the three aspects of the sport, and so I've identified, you know, me improving my technique is one of the things that's going to make me a better athlete, so I'll be watching striding on. <laughs> so, you know, that's our product review centre.
Coach's Corner. <laughs> there we go. It was nice, soothing music. Yeah, I thought it was, it was, it was jazz. It was kind of intelligent, wasn't it? Yeah. So it implies that you're intelligent, yeah. Well, maybe a false... <laughs> false sense of security on that yeah. one. So rather than actually giving too many tips today, it's really just going to be talking about a couple of things that I experienced in the last week or so. We'll pack it up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring the show down. It's supposed to be quality. <laughs> it's funny when you listen to the thing at the end of the show, eh? Yeah. <laughs> we definitely, yeah. Sometimes we stoop pretty low. <laughs> yeah. So last week I went down to the swim flume in Dunedin, which is about four and a half hours. Okay, what's the swim flume? I'm trying to do the question back and forth okay. thing. Um, Dunedin's about four and a half hours south of Christchurch. And you flew? I flew down there. What's all that about? I had to pay when I don't have to pay for it. So um, <laughs> it's like a twenty-minute flight. Oh, no, it's good. Uh, so what is a swim flume? If you, have you ever seen an endless pool? It's like a big version of an endless pool, but the the water is actually completely moving. It goes out the back and comes around some big pipes and then comes around the front again. It's about four times the size of an endless pool. Um, you can easily fit four swimmers in there at any one time. So it's like a little pool, but a big endless pool. Okay, so but does it so does it feel like you're swimming in a pool or in the sea? Because uh, there's obviously water coming towards you. Is it different to swimming in a pool? It is a little bit different to swimming in a pool, yeah. yeah. But it's as close as you're going to be able to get to get some, to some, record some information. Good yeah. information. Now, the, it's got four video cameras that video you at one, any one time. So it's got one video camera videoing your feet or your sort of your legs. Uh, it's got one that's videoing the f- main part of your stroke through your catch and sort of about halfway through your stroke. It's then got one video camera directly in front of you, and then it's got one uh, directly above you. So it gives you some really amazing footage. And when you actually, they give you the information on a, on a video, the screen's uh, divided into four, four corners, and so you can watch all, f- all four parts in, yep. in unison yep. at yep. one time. It's like you're kind of like an editor. Yeah, yeah, give me that one, give me that one. So it's really cool. Yep. Um, the first thing we did when we went down there, I went down with a girl that I coaches in the New Zealand Under-19 team, and uh, it was really to do a little bit of drag analysis because the two things that affect how fast you swim are obviously how quickly you can propel yourself through the water, you know, with your arms and your legs and whatever else you want to propel yourself forward with. And, uh, and secondly, Again, we're going though. And secondly is to try to eliminate the drag. So what the guys did is uh, just got you into the flume and you held on to a, um, a piece of rope with a little bit of wood on it and you held on to that and they really cranked the speed up. So basically... You could move your body into different positions, and you could you could feel the different drag on the oh, different really? parts of your body. So they were getting it up to um, you know well under a minute. I think for one of the guys there, he got it down to like fifty second pace per hundred. Oh really? So you're really moving very quickly, and there's a lot of water going past. And what the idea was was just to to firstly try to move your head around a little bit, and you can just feel um, your, your body sort of going up and down in the water. What you want to be trying to do is try to have a nice high body position. So a lot of triathletes um, do have a high head position, and that causes your hips to drop, and that creates a huge amount of drag. So that's really what they were trying to get across there. Also, the body position. You know, if you're very very new to swimming, a lot of people can sort of squirm their way through the water yep, a bit. Yep. So really just playing with different body positions, opening your chest up, pulling your shoulders back, dropping your hips down, and just getting a really good feel for the, the turbulence you're creating. So the feedback from the athletes was that they really got an understanding through doing that of where their body should be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and just by you know uh, showing them what's going to happen. When you push your head down, your hips are going to come up, and you can feel there's actually less resistance on your body. Wow. And then actually going, this is what you're doing, and then they jump out of the flume, and then they... They can actually see it on a video as well. So yeah. 
quite a few different um, sort of learning styles to yeah, you know, you're, totally. you're telling you what to do and then you can actually back it up with seeing it. So that was pretty cool. Um, just working on head position and body position. Then obviously the main part of it was to um, analyze your stroke. What we found with most of the athletes is really struggling with the catch part of your stroke. So that's when your hand enters. Often what a lot of people do, they're just pressing straight down on the water rather than trying to maintain uh, a like nice a high elbow. Yeah. yeah. So that's an area that most people need to work on. And, and the, the best drills we could do for that was, uh, was actually to practice doing the one-arm drill. So just having one arm out in front of your head and then just stroking with one arm and really trying to get some bend in that elbow, keep your elbow nice and high. So that's because you're coming down into the water more? Uh, that's just generally people just people can't see this now. Yeah, but they just come through, and if you're pressing down on the water, you're not actually getting any forward propulsion. No, because no. it's going down, not yeah. back. Yeah. So it's quite hard for us to. We're, we're waving our arms waving around. Waving our arms yeah. around a bit. But the best thing you can do is to, maybe to get a copy of the Future Dreams CD. Yeah, it's a great DVD. There's various clips on the internet of, of people like Phelps and uh, and Ian Thorpe and so on, and they're, they're just amazing exponents of, of keeping a nice high elbow. Yeah. Uh, so that was the main thing, and also doing a bit of paddles work can really help. Oh, excuse me. Jeepers creepers. Jeepers creepers. <laughs> doing a bit of paddle work can help getting that elbow up as well. Um, but it's just really interesting. Again, uh, the girl that I coached hadn't seen herself before below the water, so just it was a amazing experience. Okay, so so uh, drafting as well. You want, you just want to go yep. into that? Yeah. Um, and then probably the final thing we did, actually, I jumped in um, with this girl and uh, just practicing different drafting positions because... Everything, you know, you can keep things constant then. You know, if you're drafting in a pool or, or an open water situation, the person in front of you might be changing their speed a little bit. But what we could do here is I was swimming at the front and, and the other girl um, that I was there with, she was changing different positions. So she'd start drafting on my feet, then she'd come up to my side, and then she'd actually go completely out to the side. And she was, she's a reasonably experienced athlete, and she was blown away by how much draft she was getting on my feet compared to swimming out on, on the side. Okay, so what was the better place? Because you often hear feet or side. What was the theory? She, she found uh, the feet to be by far the best place. Yep. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. I'm not actually sure if the feet or the hip um, are, better. Are, are better, but personally I really like being on people's feet yes, and the, other, the other thing is if you're on somebody's hip even if you're getting good draft you're often getting a bit of turbulence when you go to breathe and you've got yeah. to lift your head up a bit more and you drop, you your, hips down. drop your hips mm -hmm. down you also get quite a few mouthfuls of water so she was actually blown away when she actually came off my feet and came swimming by herself how much harder it was yeah yep. so um that's why I always draft when I'm at the pool. Exactly. <laughs> Shouldn't always draft the training. Uh, and that's really what we did <clears> with Flume. If you're in New Zealand, I'd really recommend trying to get down there. Um, you can get some cheap flights these days down to Needham on the grab, grab, a grab a seat yep. type thing. It's only 150 bucks. Um, and you'll find most, most countries or places, with probably universities, especially if you've got a good sports institute at your university, is, is obviously a place where most of this type of testing would be done, eh? Mm. Yeah. So... This is the ideal scenario to get yourself videoed in a flume. If you haven't got that, op that opportunity, then obviously just videoing yourself um, above the water is, is okay. Or if you can get an underwater camera. Yeah, yeah, underwater camera. Or if you've got a swim at a pool where there is um, some glass windows below the pool, you can sometimes get in there as well and, and get some underwater shots. Okay, so you've been in the flume, you've, you've looked at your technique and all the rest of it. Do people find it easier to actually change it after they've been in the flume, from what you've experienced? Definitely, and that's what one of the things. I mean, the guys spent about an hour in the flume, so they were getting in there, getting it analysed, then they were making the changes, then they were getting back in, videoing, and then seeing if they made any changes. So yep. it's something you've got to work on on quite a bit. You know, you can't just go down to the pool every day and just smash it out. You've got to yep. allocate some time to doing some drills and some technique work, and, and slowing down a little bit and thinking about things. So yep. definitely uh, worthwhile experience. Cost. 
Um, in New Zealand, go down to this flume in Dunedin's 150 bucks plus GST, so yep. what is about 170 bucks yep. uh, for an hour. You don't really need an hour, but it's still a pretty reasonable rate for an hour. You could easily get a couple of people through in an hour. It's valuable information, isn't it? And yes, yeah, so we'll um, we'll put a link up to their website. I've got to send that through to Bevan. Yeah, thanks and, for that. Uh, just, yeah, more work. <laughs> more work. <laughs> hey, um, and you had a second part of Coach's Corner this week. The importance of being patient. Yeah, because. Charles was cleaning out something in his house, wasn't he? I was, I was he? doing the old basement clean at the weekend, and uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a hoarder. Are you? Yeah. Just, <laughs> do you keep crap, do you? I do keep so I chuck it? No. So I've, I keep all my results and certificates. I've got, like, from when I was five-year-old certificates. <laughs> I've got some pretty shocking things downstairs. And um, I found the 1996 uh, World Champs in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. They used a pretty good printer back in those days, didn't they? They did, um, which I raced at, and... Uh, Simon Lessing won, and Emma Car- um, Jackie Gallagher won the women's. But I just going through the results, I thought, I wonder how I did then, and who else was racing, and so on. Yep. I had an average race, we can go into that. Um, but it was just interesting to see other people, like Natasha Badman, she must have only finished about 20th in the elite women's. Um, Cameron Brown? Cameron Brown only 31st. finished 31st. Chris McCormick was one place behind him. He blew up on the run, though, I remember seeing that. But it was probably more interesting, Lothar Leader was way down in about 50th. Wow. What I found more interesting was actually the age groupers. So this doesn't really talk too much about patients, but yep. some of the age groupers have been around for a long time, and now we're, they're starting to come through and really see some good results. So I get a bit frustrated when I see athletes coming and expecting these amazing results overnight. They see people like Bevan Doherty on TV and go, yeah. I want to be there, and I want to be there next year sort of thing. It was funny. I was talking to a guy who went to school with Bevan yeah. um, the other day, and he was saying how at school he wasn't even the top athlete. He was just, no. you know, they had tri- other triathletes who were like really good. He was good, yeah. but he wasn't the man. Exactly. And uh, But yeah. he's just been going at it for years and years. So had a bit of a look around, and the first age group I came across was the uh, 16 to 17-year-old boys, and a couple of short-course guys that are doing very well now, Ivan Rana, Stuart, he finished fourth, Stuart Hayes was fifth, and Tim Don was only 18th. Wow. So those guys, you know, that's 11 years ago now, and it's taken them that long to get to the top. Tim Don's been at the top for a few years now, and Ivan Rana also. So that was pretty cool for the short-course side of things, but what the... The, the big result that jumped out for me was the 16- to 17-year-old girls was Rebecca Keith. Wow. Won. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, she's she's pretty new. You know, she's won Ironman this year. But, yeah. she, you know, she's been at it for, you know, good a good 10, 10, 11 years. 10, yeah. 11, she's obviously probably been at it for a few years before this. So it does take a long, long amount of time to build that amazing base. These guys don't just come into the sport. You do get the odd freak coming in, and a couple of years later, they're just amazing. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these guys have been around for a long, time. And it is about time. patience, you know, because the thing is, I imagine in those last 11 years for Rebecca Keach, she's had some real downs. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you, it's those downs and your ups and downs, and it's like it's, it's a real roller coaster ride, isn't it? And Totally. But if you stick at it... You just keep on going. Just keep on trucking. And then um, in the junior men's race, which I was in, in the, which is 18 to 19, it was basically the under-20s. Yep. Hunter Kemper there in sixth place, so wow. he's been around for a long time. Gail Maynard, he's been doing, does quite well at a lot of the Ironman races. He's often in the top five. Yep. He finished in 18th place. Again, Chris Gemmell, who we talked about now. He's, yeah, he's like uh, fourth ranked in the world at the moment, ITU. Yeah, he yep. only finished 35th place. Yep. And I uh, do used to do a lot of training with him. So, again, just patience. He's been plugging away at it for years and years. Yep. Peter Robinson, who's now won oh, Robbo. three world titles, I think. Yep. He's, he's a only gutsy in, athlete, isn't he? Yeah. Well, that day he wasn't. He finished 49th place. <laughs> <laughs> And then I just thought I'd include this one for you, Bevan, in the uh, the junior girls race. Who, who won that? Oh, Joe King. Joe King. Yeah, there we go. Joe King. We, we love that one. That's my favourite. But wait, athlete. there's more. It keeps on coming. Where did you get? I got. 
I didn't have such a good day. I got 26th. I was hoping for a top 15. Yeah. And I got. To, I had a really bad swim. Did you? And uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I was riding along. The, the, it was on a on a part of the section was on a motorway. Yeah. It was non-drafting back then. And I had some guy. Oh, it was great. Some guy was sitting on my wheel. He was really pissing me off. Or, you didn't pee on him, did you? I didn't. I should have. <laughs> I should have. But I, so I thought, right, I'm going to go for it. I had my head down, put my head down, right down, and just started cranking. And all of a sudden, I looked up, and there was a sign like directly in front of me. Oh no! Like you a, right into it. No, there was a big sign. No, whoa! Give it a little swerve. And he hit it. And then I heard this bang <laughs> behind me, and this guy just plowed straight into oh, it. Justice, justice. So, so that was funny stuff. Beautiful. But then in the 20 to 24 age group men, uh, Jasper Blake finished in ninth place. And yep. He won Ironman Canada last year. So wow. again, he's been around for a long time. Oh, well, yeah, for a year, because he's 2024, 20, 22 at that time. Yeah. And then uh, Justin Granger, who finished second at Challenge Queenstown, also regularly top 10 in Ironman Australia and yep. the like. Uh, he finished 16th. So again, he's been around for ages. Yep. And I think that's about as far as my research went. Still pretty Sam impressive. Sheldrake, 33rd. Yep. He's been around for a long time. Yep. Okay. So, nice. I that was interesting for people. No, I think it is. I think it really does prove a point, eh? Like, if you do plan to stick at the sport, especially for some of our younger listeners who are actually maybe kind of thinking, you know, maybe there's a bit of a career in this and that maybe it's something you want to kind of take seriously, that, you know, it's kind of like a job, isn't it? It's a trade that you basically build and you, you get your experience and you build your athletic base and, and then eventually you start winning and you go. Exactly. And people go, oh, you're so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and it all started on Iron Man Talk. That's right. We forgot to do Age Group of the Week. Oh, we did too. Well, let's do it now. Yep. Age, age group, group of the week. week. So we go fast like the old days. Okay, age group of the week. Now, age group of the week. This week comes from. I've lost it. You've lost it. Don't worry, I'll get it. You keep talking. It comes from seventy point three in California. California, a couple of weeks ago. Now they didn't run on the beach this week. Albert actually emailed me. They didn't run on the beach this year, but last year they did, and they had to do five times around this Ooh, little loop. It's gotta hurt. Yeah, that's gotta hurt. It's gotta hurt. So I thought I'll, I'll go to some of the younger age groups because we wanted to come up with some of the athletes, you know, maybe the up-and-coming up and coming. athletes. He's not that young. He's not that young. He's still. 25 to 29 age yep. group. Um, why he was reasonably impressive. His name, you like his name? I love his name because it's Mac, as an Apple Mac. Yeah. Mac Brown. Mac Brown. I'm sure he's got an Apple. And he fi- actually finished 16th overall, which is a fantastic result. Yep. Had ter- it must be a terrible swimmer. He ran, swam 31.55, so he's a long way back after swimming. He's 339th after the swim. Wow. So not a particularly impressive Almost time 10 there. minutes down on Andy Potts. Yeah, so tough day there. Yep. But then he came back with a 2.17 on the bike and a 1.21 on the run to finish in 16th place. So wow. we thought we'd bring this up because, you know, the, often the guys in the sort of 20 to 29 are the guys you want to look out for for coming through the ranks. Yep. And uh, this guy, Mac Brown, might be somebody to look out I'd for. I'd almost call him Mac Daddy. Mac Daddy. Or Daddy Mac. Daddy Mac. Nice. Yeah. It's actually exciting because we've got some good news for next week's show. Have we? Andy Potts. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So we emailed Andy Potts this week and asked him if he could come on the show, and he's he obliged, and he said, I'd love to come on the show. He said he's been listening to the show since show number one. <laughs> <laughs> he said show number wasn't so good. No, no, no. Um, so we're actually going to interview him this Thursday, and uh, we're going to get him on the show for next week's show. So if you have any questions you want to get through to us before then, um, that will be, oh no, Friday New Zealand time, isn't it? So 
We're going to interview him via then, so if you want to send through an email question, that'd be really cool. Um, and we're also going to do a Gordo interview, which we're going to release a few weeks later, aren't we? Yep. We're interviewing Gordo, we're actually going to do it tomorrow, but John and I are away in a few weeks, so we're going to release that one in a few weeks. And we're really going to focus on, what are we? Power training. Power training. training. with your So power Matthew, you're going to be happy. Yeah. Because you're Gordo, who we know you love, and with power, because you've been asking us about power for a long time. <laughs> so uh, so we're going to have a, and there'll probably be a good long, maybe an hour, just with Gordo talking about power and stuff. So, um, so we've got Andy Potts next week and Gordo coming up in a few weeks, and then also Hellemans again, maybe. 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 We need yeah. to work on that one. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's exciting times in yeah, Iron Man talk. What's happening. So what are we talking about questions and answers? Let's do it. Questions and answers. Okay. Right. Keep that bloody screen still so I can read. Okay. Uh, probably the first one that came in was from uh, Old Fegan. He was yep. really just saying that we were, we were a little bit ahead of the time, you know. Just well, We came out before say. Endurance Radio and we got the info on Celiacs yep. because they also had an interview with Desiree... Flicker, got the name right yeah, this time. Yeah, told off by a listener for calling it wrong. Because uh, I used to go Flicker and then L, and it's not. There's no so L there. Get it right, Bevan. And uh, her website's really good. Have you been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good because she does a bit of blog writing. I'll put it on as a link for the show notes this week on www.ironmantalk.com. But um, yeah, no, she's. It's a really good website. She maybe she makes some money from it. I don't know, but she puts a lot back, and uh, I found it. I found it really good. And she had an article on celiacs. Yeah, so DesireeFicker.com. If you if you found the stuff interesting last week, or if you do suffer from celiacs, yeah, because she has it herself. Yeah, mm. uh, go on there and you can figure that one out. Okay, uh, Jenny from Scotland. Very good, Jenny, for putting your place there. Uh, what's the story? She pulled a cast three weeks ago and has been a- unable quad. to run. Oh, quad, sorry. Um, she's concerned that she shouldn't, wouldn't be able to do an Ironman because she won't be able to get enough running in her. Yeah, but and she's, she's got quite a bit of time. Yeah, so if, if this sort of happens middle of the season or maybe when you're in the last eight weeks, it probably is a bit of a concern. You know, Bevan didn't get a lot of running in yep. before New Zealand and that, that did Pretty show. Pretty much day, yep. um, but the, you've got 15, 16 weeks at, at least till your main race, which I'd imagine is probably Ironman UK. Yep. And so what she's wondering is, I know it's far from ideal, but should I even consider doing an Ironman with only 15 weeks of run training behind me after a layoff of about six weeks? Also, is there anything else I could be doing um, now to try and keep my running fitness up as much as possible or not such a shock? On okay, the so what are the key things here? First of all, um, how long before a race is it a concern? Oh, it's a bit... Uh, ambiguous. I mean, you basically yeah, cause it depends on the injury, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. But I think, given that you've got 15, 16 weeks, I wouldn't get too stressed about it at yep. all. Yep. Um, so okay, so thing. the next thing is, what can you do to accommodate the running or to supplement? Well, there's a couple of things. You could try aqua jogging if that's not going to affect you. So that means you're still going to be getting the movement of running. Yeah. Um, but I, what I'd probably suggest is just really, if it doesn't get affected on the biking at all, I just go. F- go ballistic on the bike and really yeah. just replace all the running you do with extra biking try to do a really good bike block I'd generally recommend to people from around about 22 to 16 weeks out of putting in anyway. a, a good yeah. a really good solid bike block anyway really work on getting that cranking up and uh, and then hopefully by the time you're, you're ready to run you can just ease back into it okay and that's the third question going back into it um, how important what kind of progression should you take um, well, I think you, you mentioned there that you're doing a couple of 10-minute very slow jogs, and, and I'd actually encourage you to continue that if it's not affecting your injury at all, yep. and that will just keep your, your legs used to that pounding that you're going to yep. have in. So it's not probably going <laughs> to... Oh, Christ. Um, it's not going to have any um, necessarily have any effect on improving your running performance, but it'll just keep you in a little bit of condition there. So, uh, And then when, when it is time to come back into your running, you've just got to slowly build it up and not crank into it straight away. So... You really want to work now on getting your injury right as quickly as you possibly can rather than worrying about getting back into your running too quickly. Okay, so I've got a question then. So 
What about you've signed up for an Ironman, you're getting this close. Do you, what, let's say a lot of people who just want to finish it. Like in my situation, where six weeks out, I still wasn't running. But maybe for six weeks, you can run. Is it worth doing it? I think so. If you're just there to finish, definitely. Yeah, I yeah. think you can still... You may have to compromise the fact you may have to have... Have a little bit less speed there. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I mean, uh, f- I, I know I've, I've been through a similar thing before I did my first Ironman in South Africa. I think I had five weeks running under my belt, and I had basically my whole build-up. I wasn't running. I think I had a middle ten weeks off. So, And again, I, I had a similar result to what you did in, in yeah. Taupo. I didn't have a great, great day, but um, still, you still get through it, yeah, okay? That's still an Ironman. You still get yeah, middle tissue. Exactly. So uh, we've got another Skype question from Roland, so I'm going to chuck it on. Good to see someone else using the Skype facility. So here we go. Hi, Ben. Hi, John. This is Roland Allen from Transitions Optical. Uh, I'm currently in Ventura with uh, Peter Reed and uh, the Oakley Transitions Ironman team. Uh, I just want to have a quick chat and uh, leave you some information uh, regarding a couple of websites. Uh, there's a new one that's just launched. So my, my pick for website of the week is newtonrunning.com. Uh, it's a new footwear brand, which uh, Peter Reed is uh, is wearing this week. So I've just uh, just seen him wearing them. Uh, they just launched yesterday. Uh, and uh, uh, Paul E.B. Fraser seems to be uh, involved as well. So uh, check it out, and I uh, uh, hope you like it. Thanks very much. Bye. So thanks, Roland, for that. Um, so Roland, actually, you had, remember how we had Peter Reed on a few weeks ago and he was talking about how Peter was going to go over and do some training. Uh, what Roland's done is he's got a few... Opticians. Opticians, yeah, and, and basically Oakleys, and, and they basically put together a few athletes um, to do, I think it's Monaco. Monaco, 7.3. Yeah, You've done your P's, haven't you? Yeah. I'm pretty impressed, mate. And uh, and so it's obviously a bit of a promotional work for someone, and, and it's really great. Obviously, Oakley's got something to do with it, and the shoes he's talking about, John can't talk about them because he's sponsored by Mizuno, and Mizuno are the best sort of shoes you can get I anywhere get, I want to get world. an Essex sponsorship, so if someone from Essex go, wants to give me some free shoes. Go Mizuno. But anyway. <laughs> but we're uh, open to new ideas. Yeah, definitely. But um, they've got these shoes called Newton, and they're basically designed to make you have better running technique, and they do that by making your foot land properly, by landing on your forefoot. Um, check out the website. I'll have it on www.ironmantalkers uh, websites of the week, and um, they're definitely really interesting. And it's definitely with look. I haven't really done that much research on it, but and they kind of look out there too, so it makes yeah. a difference. So you're not talking about that, are you? No, just buy Mizuno's <laughs> or Essex unless you if you want to sponsor me Essex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, next question. James ne- Flynn. Next question. It's actually been uh, sitting in my questions to answer for quite some time or comments. Yep. It's another product that I haven't tried. Um, it's called Outer Box. So for those people that want to listen to us talk or listen to any other yep. iTunes stuff, it's something you can wear when you swim. It's waterproof. Oh, okay, cool. So, you know what? I, I wouldn't mind one of those. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want one, but if you, but, but we probably want to listen to us all the time. Yeah. You would want one. Because some people listen to our show 20 times a week. So if you do a little... Um, James says he actually finds it lovely, uh, great, and he swims with it all the time. He has to adjust it once or twice. Yeah, uh, I find it really just we, distracting. We don't have a link here, but you can go to Google and check it out. Google out of box, you'll find it. You know, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't need it in a squad. But like for example, I've done a couple three K sets by myself in the last couple of weeks, and I tell I find that hard. Yeah, you're three K by yourself, looking at the black line. Uh, you just got to have some good, innovative programs. You got to come up with some. Yeah, no, but when you're doing like a 3K straight. 
Uh, you take your splits and you keep an eye on the clock and you're counting. There's lots of things to keep you occupied. Get out of box. Especially so, when you're like a 5K straight. Have you ever done that? What's your longest swim straight? Uh, five. Five? Yeah, 5K time trial. 5K time trial? I've done 10K swim a couple of times, but that was 100 100s, not. On the 115? We did 20 on 130, 20 on 125, 20 on 125, and then 20 the last 30. 20 we were blowing up. <laughs> really? Yeah. Could you move the next day? Or could your arms move? Did 16 400s the next day on 530. What were you doing? It was quick, cool. big training time in France. Cool. Nice. But anyway, we, we're digressing a bit. Um, so out of box. So nice. um, <laughs> if, you, if you are looking for a little to- uh, toy to get you through some of those swims, um, worth a go. Yeah, and I would recommend it. Like, I'm always into, if you can make your training mentally as easy as possible to make it as most effective as possible, use it. So I'm into that. So thanks, James, for sending that in. Nice. Uh, last question? Steve Hall. Steve Hall from Mexico, Hell USA. No. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque, Albuquerque New Mexico. Uh, high altitude place to train. Oh, nice. Um, Go to Albuquerque, yeah. New Mexico, USA. Mm. Steve Hall. So first, you thank, thank you to Coach Newsom for all your podcasts and great shows. Where am I in that? I've learned a great deal. Where am I in that? Didn't, didn't mention anything about that. Did this one go straight to you, did it? It did. No, it didn't. It's a love. Uh, Steve, you sweet down in my books. <laughs> so the first one, though, this is a bit about you, though, because you okay. do this part. What are the songs that you have played between segments? Okay, so you know what? We just bought a program to do the uh, podcast on, and it just comes with it. It's basically, it's not even songs, it's just they're literally seven seconds long. So yeah. there's no real songs. So you can't buy them. Sorry, guys. And the next part, um, Steve had a bit of an accident, a work related accident. Yep. Where he, uh, similar to our first question, he was meant he was 11 weeks out from his race. So his training basically completely stopped. All he was allowed to train, do was training under underwater running. He could not put any pressure on his leg until about two weeks from the event. So again, what you were, you were saying is uh, the event ended up being a bit of a bit of a mission. Yep. Um, but he did manage to get through it. And then uh, next time, man, he'll go out there and he'll race and he'll hope to, hope to shave at least three hours from his time. Um, but that's a bit of a tour. Again, I think it's where your level is. So if you're going into your first Ironman and it's just about finishing... You know, if you have an injury and it puts you out for a bit of time and it may mean you're not going to have your best day, that's okay because, you know, like the goal is to finish. Like if you look at Brandon DeCampo, the Alliance member from um, Epic Camp, he had plantar fasciitis, so his injury, he was thinking about doing New Zealand and maybe even pulling out, but it was kind of like, you know what, It's you've really got to actually choose your races in, so you have to actually pull out of races because you're a bit more of a higher level and when you're thinking of making a career out of it or being an age group winner or something like that, sometimes you will have to sacrifice a race and I think you really just need to consider where am I in my career, what's really important for me in this race and can I maybe even postpone that into another race. Hmm. So, yeah. So... Thanks for the email. And the final one was, oh, anybody who bitches about your show, uh, tell them to blow me. <laughs> <laughs> who else, who else, uh, where else is something going to get information weekly? And I uh, think it's been a phenomenal show. Again. And it's been a great learning experience. Those are the emails we love. Yeah. That we really do. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty much the show for this week. Sponsors, Coffees of Hawaii. Coffees of Hawaii. My God, we've been going for an hour already. Yeah, and we've still got to put that 10-minute thing on at the it's end. It's going to be a monster <laughs> birthday special show. <laughs> There have been monster shows all the week. Yeah. I mean, last few weeks we began like hour 15 every time. I know. hope you guys don't mind that. Somebody wanted us to go for a bit longer though, didn't they? Because their training Well, we're doing it for them then. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be great. Coffees of Hawaii, www.coffeesofhawaii.com for all your coffee needs. You can go on there and you can order away for North Americans. Just go through their online shopping. Anybody outside North America, just 
flick them an email and they will sort you out. Now, if you go to... Now, this is cool, isn't it? So if you go to the plantation, which which one day I'm going to do? One day we're going to do... Yeah, maybe our you can chat. Once, once, <laughs> we're, once we're bigger than Texas, once we're getting a million downloads every yep, week... That's right. ...and the sponsors are paying $5 billion, billion dollars a every week, week yeah. we're going to go to Coffees of Hawaii because they actually have a cafe there and I've got their prices on the internet. It's yep. pretty cheap, mate. A bagel's only two bucks. Good deal. Bagel? Raspberry yeah. scone? Raisin scone, dollar eighty. Yeah. Do you like raisin scones? Well, I made some yesterday. <laughs> 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 but they've got a whole variety of things. Sandwiches and chips. And you could go do a little coffee tasting, couldn't you? You could try your different sorts, and then you could figure out yeah. you know, the different presses we were talking about. Do you like do you like cold do you, do you like cold coffee? Not especially. <laughs> no. Okay, fair enough. I like the. Hot but it doesn't stuff. matter because I got milkshakes. Exactly. Do you like milkshakes? As long as I've got coffee in them. Yep. But yeah, definitely go check out coffeesofhawaii.com and if you are heading over to Kona and you want to do a little tack on or something like that. What island is it on? Molokai. 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 And you can go in there and you can learn all about coffee. And And you can try all the different sorts of coffee and you can get yourself some pastries. And you can go and try the Molokai, you can try the Maui, you can try the Kona, you can try the Hawaiian Island style. Uh, vanilla and macadamia nut that's one of Bevan's favourites macadamia nut and vanilla lots of different sorts you can try and it's great to see you've been supporting Coffees of Hawaii because uh, they keep supporting us and and obviously you guys are doing that so it's uh, really sensational go Coffees of Hawaii don't have to run in the beach I was saying so it was really good Um, so just to kind of quickly wrap up things so if you can go to the website click on one ad that'd be really cool lots of people will be buying through Amazon lately which is really cool now somebody actually sent me a link um, or a question saying that or telling me that when you go through Amazon from the UK they get a fee from our store they get a fee because it's international so I'm not sure I've been trying to figure out if you can actually if I can change it and it doesn't seem to be the way so can someone actually maybe from the UK go onto the Amazon store from our, our page and then see if you can maybe get to the UK Amazon store from there mm. and see if that eliminates the fee because he was saying he would have bought it but the fee just made it unrealistic so right. uh, that'd be cool if you could sort that out um, you could have bu- different buttons for different countries. Well, I know with eBay they do that. Yeah, so yeah. eBay, you go to the eBay.com and then you can actually just go to Australia or New yeah. Zealand, whatever. So maybe they, I'm sure they will. So if someone could actually give us some feedback on that, would be really cool. Um, donations, donations are coming to the show. That's really great. Get our Mac computer. Get our Mac computer. I've been doing some research. I'm pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have to say? Email questions at ironmantalk at gmail.com so if you have any questions plus if you want to do a Skype question or if you're racing Arizona this weekend and you want to do a quick wrap up of the race um, let us know that you're going to do it and we'll send through some questions to you if you want to send us through any age groupers of the week that'd be great you know, we like to put on people that listen to the show you can't nominate yourself no um, but so if get you know, your sister too yeah, <laughs> if you know somebody's had a really good race and you know they're a listener you need to get them into us pretty quickly because obviously the races at the weekends we review straight away yep. John's so, coaching um, website triathloncoach.net for a little bit longer for a little, oh is it changing yeah Oh, rebranding. Oh, rebranding. I'm pretty excited about that. Is there anything else we normally say? The Skype thing? I think that's about it. Well, it's been a big year, guys, and uh, the other day I sat down for about three hours to make 10 minutes worth of listening, and I've put together, you know, it was pretty impossible to find all the good bits, but I've just tried to find some a few funny bits from throughout the year. Um, I just think on this final note that John and I both want to say thank you for listening. Um, it's been a huge year for us, and uh, hopefully the start of many years and what could be a really big thing. Uh, I want to say thanks to John. I've enjoyed my time in this, in this year, and it's been we've had lots of fun together and had a few laughs along the way. Sometimes we've actually had to turn off and not put stuff on the show, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you're never going to hear that stuff, but no. it's, it's just for us. Yeah. And I'm in Talk Studios. It's a beautiful place. Beautiful place. It's about going to cry, mate. Oh, mate. I'm getting all emotional. <laughs>
<laughs> Come so, on, harden up. Harden up. So anyway, next week we've got Andy Potts. Got any questions, send them through to us. And here is our little bit for the year. We're not doing the finish because it finishes with the finish. Okay. Okay. Welcome to episode one of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. So welcome along to Iron Man Talk. This is the first in what we hope is many podcasts on Iron Man Triathlon. My name is Bevan James Isles, and next to me I have John Newson. Um, over the next period, we hope to bring you weekly podcasts on all things about Iron Man Triathlon. Okay, so we've got our first ever guest in here with the, the magnificent Iron Man Talk studio, and we've got Karen Balance. So welcome along to the show, Karen. G'day, guys. Thanks. Okay, and then in the uh, fabulous Iron Man Talk studio today, we've got uh, Scott Molina. <coughs> Welcome along, Scott. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. If you do have any questions that you want to put our way, could, um, you can email us on ironman at gmail. Yeah, I can't believe you got it wrong again. <laughs> I'm to the right. It's Iron Man Talk. Um, what is it? At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yeah. yeah. Muppet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm write it down next week. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Age Trooper of the Week. Oh, yeah. I've heard the music. Sensational. I wanted to stop and listen to it, but no. <laughs> we, we must go on. And now I need to find my piece of paper because I lost my piece of paper. There you go. Here we go. My Age Trooper of the Week was from uh, Honu in Hawaii. Hawaii. And his name was... Come on. <laughs> Lucas de la Torre. Oh, no. Luis. Luis. De la Torre. De, de la Torre. You're pretty good at that one, mate. Oh, mate. Mate, I added the music. I confused myself after that, I tell you. <laughs> Very good. This is an uh, international flavour today. We're broadcasting from around the world. From around the world, we're in um, John's in France. <laughs> I, had my, I had a moment up my bum once. The first Iron Man I did. The <laughs> <laughs> first Iron Man I did was uh, Iron Man South Africa, and uh, and I got some mild hypothermia at the end. And they were actually doing a study um, on core body temperatures during this race. And so you finished the race. I was in the medical team. <laughs> Healed up. They just said, just roll over there for just a minute. Touch your toes for a second. Touch your toes. Whoosh. Up she goes. Oh, crikey. <laughs> and then I'd been lying there for another 10 minutes or so. And um, and I, because I had mild hypothermia, I thought, right, I'll measure him again. So whooshka. <laughs> up it went again. <laughs> so, Changed your life, didn't it? <laughs> so um, anyway. Okay, so on the show this afternoon, we're very happy to have uh, Cameron Brown, who's recently back from uh, taking out Ironman Germany. We're very parochial Kiwis down here. <laughs> So, uh, so pretty happy to see that happen and uh, and just show how strong New Zealand is. Yep, definitely, boys. Yep, no, thanks very much for having us on the show. Thank you very much. Alrighty, guys. So welcome along to Iron Man Talk Episode Three with Coach Three. Oh, 23. 23. It's more for people that have got mullets. You know, Bevan has a tennis. Bevan has a tennis to have a mullet going, and you see that these people are in the pool with their mullets and their caps are sitting on top of their heads like a Smurf hat, and it gets on my wick. So, so, so the first tip is, first tip is, if you got a mullet, this is more for the guys. We don't. I don't seem to get any questions in from girls, so I don't know if we've got any females actually listening. Oh, we've got thousands, mate. <laughs> so if you've got a mullet and your hair's caps coming off, get a haircut. Get a real job while you're at it as well. <laughs> you know, that music's kind of like 70s porn. I know. Not that I know what 70s porn's like. <laughs> porn theme to this week. We've got the bike porn. porn. We've got the around the, world, the walls. Oh, mate. Oh. Almost walked in on a bit of porn. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, the show's got to go on. Come on. Okay. Matthew Morris from somewhere. Yeah, the, the guy is, and uh, this is right we've got, and anatomically very correct. And you basically you have your mouse over the body, and you sort of click on the right bit. Bevan's got his, the mouse over the guy's tackle, oh. over his tackle, and the, nothing's happening. Bevan wants to find out some exercise on how to about? There's no exercise for that one. Uh, and then on the girlies one, they actually cut out the oh. the, the girly parts, don't they? Well, not the top oh, girly yeah. parts. But the thing is, is that it's a base. The body sizes are just. <laughs> They're not correct. <laughs> she has had some serious implants happening there. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, we can draw too low the shit, but, oh. but in saying it, it looks like the boys had some serious implants as well. <laughs> so, yeah, he has done a lot of work in the gym. <laughs> oh, keep it under control. To help with your hydration, plus that also helps with the carb loading aspect of it. To retain so, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're whispering. Oh, whispering. Yeah. <laughs> Secrets happening. Here. Secrets happening. <laughs> What's happening? Okay, they're whispering okay. and they're not telling me what they're whispering. Yeah. Yeah. We're just back on. We're just making sure the sound volume's okay. Yeah, sure. How many times is on the race? Yeah. Molly oh, gets into those, yeah. eh? Oh, that's why. Right. That's why they're all whispering. Come for the nickname. The John and Molly show. Oh. Yes. <laughs> not having it than Molly. Spreading. It's hilarious. You guys should see this. Oh, God. <laughs> the babes love it. <laughs> Something to hold on to. Ben Kate, Ben pops me an email last week um, I need some ideas for high five. He says, right, we're going to do peeing on the bike. Peeing on the bike. So they're pretty yeah, straightforward. Yeah. I'm okay, go for it. It went okay. You know, I, I wasn't the top chick. Uh, that's uh, the last few years I've been um, using, yeah, using the, the the pro women as my gauge. You know, if I can beat the top pro women, I'm doing all right. And this year I, I got firmly trounced. You were uh, you were fifth woman, I think. I was. <laughs> I was fourth woman. No, you. I think I was fifth. No, you're right. I was fifth woman. You're right. Bella. Bella got me. Bella just, got you. Oh, just at the end, Bella. A little bubble butt. Er, er. Don't edit that, by the way. Um, anyway, um, so so I, I wasn't. I haven't been running. I haven't been running. Come on. I think that was Bella's third weekend racing in a row. Yeah, she, she was. Yeah, she had won Florida, won World Champs. Laura. And then Laura. You. Laura Reback just barely beat me. Anyway. She took, a, she took a month off. I was swimming with her in Noosa. Yeah, but she's pretty good. She was on break okay. getting ready for that race. But oh, yeah, you got to dig. My deep. swim was okay. <laughs> no, you no, you did. You told me you came out with the, well, with Sam, the woman's with, pack. With Sam, with Sam McGlone. Oh, so she's a lead pack. I, no, well, I said she was, seemed like you came out of the water. I said, with I said, or no, I swam okay. I said, that's why I said my swim was okay. I didn't say it was good. Anyway, so, so I haven't. Okay, it wasn't a fantastic race for me, but. I did have a big week prior to that. Oh, yeah. Coaching responsibility for you. Big week of coaching. In Phuket. I tell you, it was flat out. Anyway. Oh, come on. Let's just get out of here. He's an alliance. He goes like, Survivor. Alliance. It's survivor mode. We're not getting voted off the island. <laughs> I do have to admit, I have the tiger. It's got to be well, like, yeah. all time. You'd have that on your iPod, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. I would have that. that is Rising good... up. Back in the street. If, if you ever put that on, more going into a race. When well, I ran this Aquathon series a few years ago, yeah. and I just thought, this is what I always want to do. Yeah. Play this as you're going into the water. So I had the big speakers going, <laughs> pumped it up. Everybody was amping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So a while ago, we did peeing on the bike. And at the time, we did mention about pooing on the bike. And we're not going to go there, are we? No, we're not going to go. Because it's wrong. Yeah. But we did get an email question from one of our listeners. And as the reporters that we are, because we have been in the Herald, 
uh, we, we, we have to deliver investigative, investigative joint journalists. That's what we... we, yeah, that's, we that's bloody brilliant, isn't it? what we call ourselves. So uh, we got a, I think it was Ray who sent the question through. Yeah. And he's been talking about it. A bit of an issue he's had. A bit of an issue. So do, you to, do you want to elaborate? So runner's trots. Runner's trots. Something most of us have probably experienced. It's got some funny some stories, but I don't think I'm going to tell them on the show. Actually, you had one. Oh, no. no, no. 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 That was fairly recent, and that's, it was not pretty. It's just... <laughs> no, stop. Leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, just quickly, after the interview with Peter Reid, we had a few chances just to have a bit of a yarn to him. So hopefully, he's did, uh, <laughs> we weren't actually going to include this part, but Bevan's beat, uh, overruled and he said he's going to include it. That's right. It's a bit embarrassing. And uh, John mentioned the race where you beat Peter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a highlight. <laughs> Obviously, Peter was still losing sleep over this. And, you know, <laughs> he just he was down like distraught. We had to stop him from crying. Um, so anyway, here it is. You, you probably don't remember, I actually uh, met, you, met you in, uh, in, in Phuket back in 1999. He, he beat you in a race, and it's just, he always talks about it. <laughs> it was back in Phuket in no, 1999. You'd, um, you'd like won Hawaii, and you'd do a race a week later, and John beat you. And he, it's his pride of his life. Did uh, Welch take it that year? No, it was um, Mark Lees won it, and we, were, we came oh. off the bike together, and uh, oh, Mark yeah. took off on the run. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally remember you now. I'm sure you, I'm sure you have nightmares about it, you know? I'm sure you're still losing sleep over that race. <laughs> Going to Phuket, you can comfort yourself pretty quick after that race. <laughs> um, I was loving it. Yeah. Yeah, so, but you made John's life yeah, on that day, mate. Right. <laughs> Dude, anyway, so uh, what, what's your saying? It's train hard. No, it is. <laughs> Every week. Uh, what is it? It's iron rust. I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kick, Kick hard. hard.